Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Catfish Weekly. This is Catfish Weekly 38. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about the economic impact of, from catfishing. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about our brand new contest with uh, Gone Fishing Adventures with Gary Turner. And uh, we do have Gary Turner on as a guest, so he'll be able to let you know a little bit about his uh, new guide service and um, some things like that. Talk about that a little bit. And then he'll also uh, be with us for as much of the show as he can be on on uh, the topic of the night. And so uh, we just recently started this uh, new uh, contest. If you guys haven't seen the, the Catfish Weekly and Gone Fishing Adventures giveaway, where we're giving away uh, one full day guided trip with uh, Gary Turner on his Gone Fishing Adventures. Um, all you have to do to be entered for that is to go to his Gone Fishing Adventures Facebook page. Uh, there'll be a photo on his page where you can you'll see it, it shows Catfish Weekly and him with a big fish on there you'll see a bunch of people you have to like that photo you have to like his page and you have to comment on that photo and you have to say anything you want in the, in the comment but mention Catfish Weekly and that's all you gotta do to be eligible to win that contest this this is a uh, gonna be for any day next year that he's gonna be available to do a turn uh, a guided trip so for the 2015 year um, I'll go ahead and turn it over to him let him tell you a little bit about the lakes and stuff that he's going to be guiding on uh, and give you a little information about what's going on over there so uh, welcome Gary and if you could go ahead and let, let everybody know a little bit about those lakes and stuff alright thanks well some of you are maybe familiar with Sinclair and Oconee a good bit of people have fished on them um, they do have some really large catfish most of the time, they are not taken by rod and reel fishermen, but uh, there have been some up to 80-pound fish caught in Oconee, and I'd say probably up to the 50-60 pound range on Sinclair. Also going to be doing some guiding on Lanier, so depending on when you decide to come next year, we might actually be doing that trip on Lake Lanier, which is a lot larger lake over um, to the uh, west of me. So... Uh, but right now we're just on the two uh, lower lakes down below me. They uh, have got a little bit more consistent pattern on the catfish. Lanier is kind of wide open. Um, probably bigger fish there, but, you know, when you go on a trip and you take people you want to kind of, unless you want to go big and go home, which I do a lot of days, um, we'll go and just try and find some, you know, 15 to 30-pound fish and put them in the boat. Okay. And this is a... Uh... This is in Georgia, so people know um, what what town is the is sort of the mid, middle town that you you try to have people meet yet and things like that. Eaton area and Madison is probably the best. It's Madison's about thirty or forty minutes south of Athens, and if you know where Athens is or from Atlanta, you travel east on I twenty. All right. Um, do you? Uh, have you done much guiding before, or is this something that's new for you? Or? It's not completely new. I've been taking people fishing for several years. Um, just decided to put a shingle out and let more people know. I had a few friends that were saying, you know, we've got people we want you to take. And I was like, well, okay, maybe it's time to actually let people know I am really guiding and I can, you know, do some guided trips. Um Pretty much before that, it was just people contacting me through people I knew, you know, and I took them. So, not now, 
Are you are you able to take say if somebody wanted to take a handicap kit or anything like that? Are you able to take uh, you yeah? Know, we can take wheelchair access. It's a it's a pontoon boat. Um, plenty of room on there, so um, we can take wheelchair or handicap. Okay. And typically, are are you are you offering a couple different um, you know packages? Are you offering a half day and a full day? And and what are you thinking you're charging for those? Yeah. Doing a half day, um, probably the half days are going to be around two two fifty. I haven't really done any half days yet. Mostly doing the fulls three three fifty, and you know, and if we go out there and we hadn't caught too many fish in eight hours, we might stay. If you want to stay a couple extra hours, you know, I will usually if I'm down there and I'm on the water and I got the boat out and we still have bait, we'll stay. You know, if I, if I've got somebody to travel all the way down there. From where y'all are at, definitely we're gonna put you on some fish. We had to spend all night, so <laughs> sometimes on those lakes, those lakes are uh, both Georgia Power lakes, and sometimes when they generate, they bite really good, and when they don't generate, it's kind of like the river doesn't have any flow. They don't bite as well, so sometimes you gotta wait them out. And this is like a full service, you know. They they don't have to bring poles or. Or bait Don't bring or anything, anything like that. except maybe uh, snacks. I'll have uh, drinks on the boat, and um, if you want some special snacks or whatever, bring that sunscreen and your camera. Everything else is on the boat. We've got uh, plenty of rods, reels, rod holders, nets, everything. And if some people want to come, I've had several people want to go with me just to catch the bait. They want to see how we go catch bait at night, and so or early in the morning and so uh, I've taken several people on that where we go out and work the cast nets for a night and they get to see all of the crazy stuff we pull in and had to sort out and throw back and all the different bait fish you can catch. It's a good deal. I, I, I know uh, I've fished with you Gary and it, it's it's a pleasure. I mean you're a very laid-back person, very easy to get along with and you got pl plenty of snacks for a fat guy like me. I, I couldn't ask for a better guy on the boat. <laughs> I don't like to get hungry. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Chuck or Lyle, you guys got any questions for him about the, the guiding service or anything? Um, what, what, uh, What's your hours? You, you like taking people out, uh, let's say in the you know late, late fall and winter time when the uh, the winter blues are running good. We're gonna try and start out in the morning pretty early. I'll be down there before sunup, probably grabbing some bait, and then if they want to meet me at the dock right at sunup or a little bit before, we'll pull out, and uh, we'll hit a couple spots there close, usually to wherever we put in, and then once it gets good, and the sun gets up, we'll move. Maybe do some drifting even, depending on what's going on with the fish and what we're marking. Um, and then we'll usually fish, you know, if we start out at daybreak, we'll usually end up, you know, going till 4 o'clock at least, somewhere in there. You got, and, stuff like on, you got stuff on the pontoon to block the wind and some propane heaters for sissies like me? Not really too much. I Usually in the winter we're going to wear jackets and stuff. I've got a bimini. We can drop a tarp on one side, but... Most of the time, you know, it's not going to be really cold down here. I mean, I have gone out on some mornings where we had to scrape the ice off the seats, but usually it's not that bad down here. That's good. 
That's my favorite time of year to fish is wintertime. My, my year is just now starting up. Yeah, when everybody else is hitting the woods, that's when I like to be on the water. I hear you. I'm ready. You got anything for him, Lyle? Yeah, Gary, do you have, is, it, is all of your waters, is it just uh, compoundment lakes, or is there rivers that drain into them, or are you strictly staying on the, on the lakes? We're staying on the lakes mostly, but the rivers do come in. They feed through these lakes. It's a chain. They feed in the top end of them and go out the bottom. Okay, so uh, Georgia Power repumps back through too, besides the river. So Georgia Power really controls most of your current. Well, and and that's you know that's that's all right if you're if you're in them lakes and and you have a little current, I'm sure you'd be welcome all that. Um, yeah, it gets like a river in places. If you find one of the peach bridges or something and set up right there, you'll think you're on a river when they're pumping hard. I imagine. Now, did, did I hear you right and you said that, that you might do some bumping uh, in the winter down there? Well, it's not as much bumping as we just set them a couple of turns off the bottom and try and just not snag any stumps and just ease down through there with a drip. No, so you're dragging yeah. Uh, is your water warm enough year-round down there to do that? Um, I guess it is. We, we've had good luck with that year-round. Um, you know, we did have a uh, coal plant on the one lake for years, and they shut it down last year. That was a warm water discharge that everybody liked to go fish in the winter. And it's not there anymore, so that's one thing we did lose, like a national treasure on our lake. Uh, probably a good source of bait, too. Yeah, good place to find bait. Um, you know, and, and you're consistently putting what size fish in the boat? Anywhere from 10 to 25, just depends. You know, and 25 on the lower lake, that's a good size fish. Um 21 pounds, I think, was the record up till earlier this year. So, um, but the fish are getting bigger down there. That lower lake Sinclair doesn't have as much fishing pressure as Oconee, and so those fish are actually starting to grow a little bit. Um, Oconee's got some bruisers. I uh, have a friend that caught a 50-pound flathead there and uh, put it back in when he got done taking pictures with it. And we've seen some up to 80 come out on the trot lines, so they're in there. Just a matter of finding them. Well, and, and uh, evidently these lakes are plumb full of shad or some sort of bait fish for, for them to yeah. feed on. Yeah, a lot of shad. Um, there's a lot of crappie and brim in these lakes they feed on, too. Um, but gizzard and threadfin and uh, suckers, a lot of those. Well, awesome, awesome. Sounds like a good time. We wish you the best of luck, Gary. All right. Thanks, Lyle. Yeah, is there, uh, is there anything else that you want to let everybody know about for your, your guide service, or do we cover pretty much everything? I think that covered most of it. Okay. Just looking forward to taking some more people fishing and, and getting some more pictures on the wall. I didn't have that many pictures. I uh, I do a lot of fishing myself, so, you know, I um, I got a lot of pictures of me hanging on to fish, but it's time to get some more people's pictures up there. Yeah, I, I seen that you have a website, but it's not set up yet. Are you? Do you know when that should be up and going? Or not sure yet. I I hadn't had a lot of time to work on that, but I'm gonna get back to it. Okay. But yeah, we got the website. I got the Facebook page up, and 
just working on that right now. I think it's up to a little bit over 400 likes. That's a good deal. That's not. It's only been up not even a week yet, I don't think, right? Not even a week, yeah. Yeah, so uh, just so everybody knows, again, uh, like I said at the beginning of the video, in order to get into the contest to win this um, uh, guided trip by Catfish or by Gary Turner and Catfish Weekly, um, all you got to do is go to the Gone Fishing Adventures Facebook page, like his page, look for the contest photo. If you look on the bottom left corner, it's going to say Post to Wall, and you'll see one by Catfish Weekly. That's the original one. There's also going to be one by Gary Turner. I'll look at those and add those as well. Uh, but either of those, you look at the contest photo, you like that photo, and you'll see a bunch of comments. Leave a comment. Um, you can say whatever you want. You know, I can't wait to go fishing with Gary Turner and Gone Fishing Adventures, and thanks to Catfish Weekly, anything like that. Um, and you'll be entered to win. And remember that if you are a super fan, which is the $10 package, for cat or for yeah for catfish weekly that you'll see on our forums um, you're also going to get a double entry so anybody who's a super fan you're going to have two entries uh, into the contest you know this is where like we said when we we've been talking about it for the last four or five months you know since we've started it that you know it's going to definitely be worth the ten bucks and and this is one of those things where you know one of the great prizes that we got set up for you and it's definitely worth it. So, um, let's see here. Got a question on here. No, it's some, something else. But uh, we're going to go on and we're going to start talking a little bit about the uh, economic impact of catfishing. Um, I, the, the, the main topic here we're, we're wanting to say is that, you know, I know we're going to get into a little bit of conservation talk. We're going to, you know, I know some of you guys, you know, oh, not the conservation again. But it, we got to. It, it all plays into the economic impact, and and uh, I'll go ahead and I'll let I'll let Lyle start us off on that, and I'll answer some answer some private messages and stuff while I got over here on the chat. So Lyle. Well, you know uh, these tournaments and stuff that we all go to and dearly enjoy all around, uh, they have a major impact uh, on a lot of the the smaller local economies and and uh, a lot of people don't realize uh, you know how big an impact that, that it really is and uh, traditionally over the years we've set our tournaments up uh, in some of the relatively small towns and uh, last year we had or this year we had our uh, uh, Jack and Jill tournament set up in LaGrange, Missouri. It was a great uh, great turnout, great tournament, had a really good time up there. And Lagrange is a really small town. The biggest uh, employer in the in the area is the casino, which sponsored our tournament. And we completely filled every motel in the area. Uh, in fact, the motel that we stayed at had a truck stop across the road, and a lot of the people had to go across the road and park because there's no parking, we we took all their parking, and and a major a big a bunch of the area uh, across the road. I mean, uh, everybody has to eat. They got to buy fuel uh, for the boat, for the truck. They get soda, snacks. Uh, they buy their dinner out. Very few people cook in a boat. I mean, there is some to do it, but not too many. Your motels really benefit from them. The casino itself. 
put on some specialty stuff for our group, and uh, you know, and I know there was people in there till way up into the night, uh, gambling and eating and drinking and all the stuff. So uh, it, it's a major impact on a small community. Now, when you get to the bigger tournaments, and we've had some of the bigger tournaments, Kickuk, Iowa is usually a really good tournament for us. Uh, the motels, the eating establishments, the convenience stores, they all do really well. So when you get to talking about what Aaron's doing down in Owensboro, uh, I can only imagine uh, how much that will bring in for the town of Owensboro with him uh, having 150 boats. Uh, a roughly, rough estimate is going to be 150 boats for this weekend's tournament. And... Uh, you know, that's that's at least 150 tow vehicles and boats to buy fuel from. <clears throat> then you've got at least an average of two, probably over two, because there'll be some three-person teams uh, eating. And I don't know guys that went down Sunday afternoon. They've been there uh, since Sunday night, and they'll be there all week, and they won't leave till Saturday night or Sunday morning. Uh, personally, we're not leaving till Wednesday morning, but we'll be down there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we haven't decided if we'll come back Sunday or not. We're not. We're going to eat out. We're going to buy gas while we're down there every day. We're going to we're going to eat in restaurants and we're going to get snacks and sodas and uh, and some of the stuff you take with you. But you can only haul so much, and you got to buy ice and uh, you know you're going to forget stuff and you're going to go to Bass and Moors. You're going to buy your license and you're going to get your ship jack down there. Or, shad or fishing worms or you know whatever it is that Chuck uses down in Alabama for bait I'm sure that that Jim's got it over there so you know it's it's a major deal uh, the bigger catfishing gets in the industry the more economic presence we make on these towns and the easier it is for us to get in there and be able to hold these great tournaments uh, uh, all over the, uh, the United States Yeah, and, and one of the problems that you're going to see, you know, is, for example, I believe, uh, I don't remember if it was uh, Cabela's or Bass Pro, but one of them has a tournament, or they've had a tournament for the past few years out of Vivi, Indiana. Um, it's got a real nice boat ramp. You know, it's not a very big town at all, but uh, with that big tournament in town, I'm, you know, I'm sure that, it, you know, there's no casino there. There's nothing that... You know, there's not not a lot of industry around there. It's a, it's a real little little town in Indiana, and you know that tournament brought a lot of of uh, an an economy boost to that little tiny town. And the problem is that that tournament's not going to be there next year. Uh, and they probably I'm not sure if they're ever going to come back. And they and the reason is being is that this is one of the pools of the the Ohio River between Indiana and Kentucky that has been hit so hard from commercial fishing that the weights just aren't there. The, the anglers that are coming to this tournament and they're driving from multiple states away, they don't enjoy it. You know, I mean, it's just you don't want to drive that far to basically have a channel catfish tournament. And, and you know, in the type of river that it was where it used to take, you know, we got Justin Browning in chat talking about the same thing where the tournaments used to take 100-plus pounds to win, you know, now you can win these tournaments or get in the money in these tournaments with 30 or 40 pounds. And that's just the reality of the river up here. And when you have, uh, you know, you, you have a river that is easily able to sustain a large uh, trophy fish, catfish population, and it's just not, 
and the tournaments really are pretty much the data, the most of the data that you would need. Um, they're going to show you if you get all these tournament directors to to keep their files and records of tournament results and stuff. Really, that that's going to give you a good indication of how stable that that river's uh, catfish population is and what it's doing and how it's acting and and it's shown consistently to be a major uh, decline in the trophy catfish. Um, so, you know, with that happening, you're going to see less and less of these tournaments, and I'm not even talking about big tournaments, because these little, even club trail tournaments that, you know, there's probably five or six that I can think of off the top of my head in Indiana, and those little guys are going to stop even trying to go to the Ohio River. They're going to start looking at, at big lakes that are down south in Indiana that have big blues and have big channels and big flatheads, um, because that's that's honestly, for the most part, that what that that is what brings anglers to a tournament, is is wanting to catch a, a larger catfish. I mean, we fish for catfish because they're one of the biggest freshwater species there are. And so we want to catch a big fish. Um, you know, me, myself, and a lot of other guys absolutely love and have a passion for the sport of catfishing. I don't have any problem going to catch channel catfish. I love catching channel catfish. You know, I go up north to my lake up north and catch 10 to 15 pounders, and it's a blast. And you know, but that's the problem is that down south, the Howard River and stuff, channel catfish, um, they don't they don't normally grow to that that size um, because of the you know larger uh, flatheads, larger blues, things like that. But believe it or not, like I said in one of the past episodes, these channel catfish down there are actually getting larger because of the other um, fish the other big size trophy fish being uh, declined in numbers so that the channel cats are actually growing down there larger than they have in recent years so well and, and too Chris if if you look like in our area here um, uh, and, and I've said this before it used to be you never heard of anybody going to Alton everybody went to Clarksville that was the go-to place for big fish well uh, they can't commercial fish it successfully in St. Louis in that area so they they go above the Alton Dam and and it used to be a uh, five fish limit was 150, 170 pounds uh, of fish, and now it's 25, 30 pounds on, on three fish. And uh, the, the impact that these commercial guys have done on channel cats, people don't realize how devastating it is because them nets does not know any difference whether it's a flathead, a blue, or a channel cat. The reason why they notice the blues so much is because they're bigger and they take more of them out of there. But they have, they have taken uh, the Mississippi River from uh, roughly uh, the Iowa line to, to just north of St. Louis to where if you get a 10-pound channel cat, it is a true trophy because most of them will be in a 2, 3, 4, 5-pound range. Uh, you come more likely to catch a giant flathead or a big blue as, as poor as the fishing is in some areas than you are to catch a 10 or 12-pound channel cat because them guys with them nets, they don't care for channel cat or flathead. It doesn't make any difference. You know, They'll take whatever gets in them. And you know what else those nets don't differentiate between? They don't differentiate between bass, spoonbill, lots of them other fish that people don't really, uh, they don't understand really how, how big of a bycatch there is in them nets. And 
and, and that's very true. And right now, the the state of Illinois is it is in such a financial financial upside down case that uh, they went from having 170 some agents to check uh, people nation uh, statewide, including commercial guys, to where they're in on the honor system now. And them guys can write down whatever they want, send it in, and they're accepting that because they don't have enough manpower. They only got like 60-some agents in the whole state, so they don't have enough manpower to go out and check them to see if they're lying about what they take. So if they catch uh, a thousand pounds today and they only write down that they caught a hundred pounds, there's nobody to make them stand up for the difference. And, and as long as it's like that and they keep wasting their money on things that uh, they do instead of the, the, the benefit of the, of the river system, it's going to continue to decline. Yeah. And, and I'll go, if, if Chuck, you got anything to say? Because I don't want to keep talking and not let you have a chance to chime in or Gary, either one of you guys. But Well, what y'all were talking about, about the bycatch is true. You know, and that's where the other sportsmen that, you know, they might not care for catfishing, but the bass guys, you know, if they looked into how many bycatch of their prize fish were getting in the nets also, that would be a place maybe there's a little bit more support because there is a lot more support for those little green fish. Well, yeah. one, thing, one thing about the bass being in the nets, most of the time they'll throw them out because nobody wants to eat them. Yeah. You know, they're not a, they're not considered a prize uh, eating fish, uh, although I've ate them and they're not terribly bad. I mean, they're not catfish or crappie quality, but, you know, they, they are edible. But most of the time they'll throw them out just like they'll throw a carp out because they can't readily sell them like they can the others. And and uh, that's the only reason, but you're right. If they go in there and they catch a bunch of them them green carp and start throwing them in their, their buckets and taking them to the fish market, that bass people will come unglued, and rightfully so. But we don't have the support behind the catfishing part that they do uh, for their bass. Yeah. And I would say even a lot of them, though, you know, I mean, a lot of commercial guys don't check that net every single day. So how many of that bycatch is is uh, dying? You know, it's dying in the net or being being picked at by something else outside the net or or whatever. Yep, they just you know if they die, they just throw them out in their turtle bait from that point that's on. That's what we see with the trot lines. Sometimes they put them out and bait them, don't come back for three days. When they pull them up, they've got dead fish. Well, they just unhook them and put them back in the water. Yeah. Wasteful. Yeah, the uh, the big tournaments, you know, for the for example, Indiana and uh, Kentucky, you know, between the two, uh, we have the Rising Sun Tournament, we have Monsters on the Ohio, um, even in the in the Lake of Indiana, we, you know, up north, or not up north, actually down south, but the ICA had the tournament, but between... Each of those tournaments all have about 130 plus boats, and they're some of the biggest catfish tournaments in the country. And it's it's starting to show you a couple of things, though. I mean, it's starting to show you one that that the tournament catfishing aspect there is starting to grow. Um, you're starting to see more people do it. Starting to see more people uh, that are really getting trying to be competitive and and you know seeing sponsors and and the sport itself is growing right now. Um, the the town, each of these towns, you know, they're they're 100 percent behind the tournament. Um, now, 
the the fishing in both of these or all of these stretches of water is not phenomenal at all. I mean, it's a very you know, if you start looking at a bunch of other waterways, there's a lot better water out there with bigger fish, and it's really, it'll be there. It'll be where Indiana and Kentucky's at right now with these large tournaments. Uh, they're not far out right now. With the way catfishing is growing, like I'm saying, um, people are going to go where the fish are. And if we're not going to protect these fish in this water, you're going to see monsters on the Ohio being in, you know, Missouri or, or Kansas or somewhere like that. It's not going to be on the Kentucky, Indiana waterway. And you're not going to see rising sun. Or if you do, they're not going to be of the same quality or stature that they've ever been before. You know, it, it'll be something that it was, it'll be talked about in the, in its heyday. You know, it used to be this, it used to be that. And you got, I guess it's like, I think it was West Virginia or or somewhere where they're talking about, I just seen recently, they're, they're, they're starting to target the blue catfish, calling them invasive species. Um, they're, that's a really bad thing. I mean, it, for me, that that's the type of people we need to get behind and try to help out almost as soon as possible because with the sport growing the way it is right now and that some of the DNR that, that are being pressured by other species anglers and things like that because most of the time all this is is them saying that the blue catfish is an invasive species is that the bass guys or whatever feel like the blue catfish are eating the bass and, and they're putting pressure on the, the DNR to get something and effect to, to stop that, which it really isn't going to do that. It's not no. going to change anything. And uh, they are eating. They are eating. They've always been eating. That's the circle of life. Yeah. They've always been doing it. They're, you know, I mean, they're there. They, these these states have great fisheries with the James River, things like that, the Ohio, the, up in the, the Virginia area, Pennsylvania area. Um, these These rivers are really starting to get to where our water was. I mean, it's definitely on the on the rise of larger trophy size fish, and I mean, if we don't get behind them and everything, they're going to start seeing these big tournaments there as well. You're going to start seeing, you know, if unless these DNRs start doing these things, you're going to see these big tournaments start showing up all up these rivers in these towns and and really having a almost absolutely free economic boost to these states. I mean, if I were a state senator or anybody where I could get some laws changed in my state or help protecting them, I'd be doing it because to me this is a almost absolutely free investment for my state to bring money into my state. It's going to do it year after year. Um, you know, like you were talking about buying licenses and buying uh, hotel rooms and gas and ice and everything like that. Even though, you know, it's in one community, it's going to help out that community, but it also helps out that state. I mean, in a larger scale of it, you're, you're getting a, a real nice economic boost for your state. And if you can be someone that's going to help that and help grow it into something where it's not going to just be in one little town, it'll be in five or six of your towns across, you know, the uh, water's borders, um, it'll definitely be something, like I said, that'll be considered a free investment for you. You're going to nonstop year after year as long as you're protecting those fish and you have something that's bringing in this crowd you're going to have that and it's and, you know you're really not doing anything monetary wise to to bring it there you know like building a stadium or buying a you know franchise team of some sort you're basically just protecting what's already there and and helping these towns you know by saying hey won't you guys think about putting on a, a catfish tournament an annual catfish tournament you know it'll bring in you know, fifty grand every year for your town, and that's my thought on that. I mean, that's just 
Well, and, and you know, you Brad Kilpatrick, NC Catfish, had a big tournament tournament earlier this year around 150 boats. I don't remember the exact number. I didn't know what it was, but I forgot now. But you know, we're talking about a, a small area up around St. Joe and uh, on uh, on the Missouri River, and, and I can only imagine uh, the economic amount of money that was brought into that community. Uh, you know, he had a huge payout, and and uh, those people was lined up there for several days in advance, as they are for this weekend. And and uh, you know, I know what we spend, and, and I know that. Even and we're pretty conservative, but you know if everybody spent half what we did, it's a it's a bunch of money that goes into these places. You know, uh, uh, we went up and fished uh, 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 Catch Incredible last year, uh, and you know twenty five hundred dollars for that trip for four days. I mean, it's a pretty good chunk of change to fish these tournaments. Yeah, you start looking at like. Scott Wiseman said they spent $800 in Owensboro last year at Monsters. You start looking at $800 to $1,200 or more uh, per team, you know, and that's on the low end, I'll say. And you're, you're yeah. looking at 150 teams, you know, that's that's quite a bit of money, you know. It's a lot. It, it, it costs a lot of money, you know. It really does. Chuck, you got anything to add in here? We've been going on forever. You're, you muted yourself again, bud. Down here in the south, you know, it's mostly all bass fishing. Um, you know, it's hard for us to pull together, you know, a, a 15 or 20 boat catfish tournament. It's, it's uh, you know, everybody just wants to go bass fish. There's two or three at every boat ramp. You can probably, have, you know, some Saturday mornings you can't even find somewhere to put your boat in and, and park your trailer. Um, you know, we, we have uh, all the cities around here that are uh, – Riverfront, uh, they've really seen how the bass fishing has brought a lot of money to their economy, especially Decatur. They've, you know, they've really, they've really built a real nice harbor, um, and it it could probably hold uh, any size event that can be thrown at it. I think it's got uh, capability of to hold up to 200. Uh, uh, trucks and trailers uh, so and th there's other parking around the area so uh, you know a lot of people um, you know they're they're heading to bass fishing because it's easy to find tournaments um, and you know that's you know easier for them to participate in it's just if we can get catfishing down here to grow we've already got our catfish protected we have uh, you know some of the best catfishing water in the United States um, you know, so down up north, you know, almost everybody catfishes. It's it's everywhere down here. It, we can't, you know, we have people who catfish, but they don't, you know, uh, catfish competitively. So um, we're just trying to get that together now. When when we have, um, you know, the the big guys coming to the state, you know, the the Bass Pro Shops, the Cabela's, um, and them guys. Uh, you know, most most of the people that show up are from out of state. They may be, you know, six or eight boats, you know, from uh, that show up from inside Alabama that I've seen. Um, so, 
you know, the problem we have down here is not, you know, the fish not being protected or anything like that. Everybody's just got different interests, and we're trying to, you know, uh, you know, get the catfishing out and get it noticed, and maybe we'll have more people uh, try the, the competitive part. They, um, you see, you know, boat ramps all over the place where people are going out catfishing, and they have the gear and stuff, and a lot of them didn't even know that there was catfish tournaments. So we just got to get the word out, and um, I think it'll become big down here when uh, when we can start getting everybody together on one page. Heath Malone had a had a real good point too, and it's you know they they he said they spent three hundred dollars and they haven't even left yet. I mean they're a week out from the tournament, you know, and that's probably going out to to their local lakes trying to catch some shad out there, trying to go into some creeks, trying to catch creek chubs, buying gas in town. That's that's all still part of the economic impact of of catfishing in general, and you know it's it. I think me and Lyle and, and Chuck talked about it before. We were talking about how we really got to, we need to, in a lot of ways, to in order to help catfish grow, we got to start thinking up uh, and start really ha getting some better catfish products out on the market. Um, that in itself, I think, will help bring sponsors to get some bigger uh, money payouts like the Bass Guys. Um, really already, you know, catfishing, you go into a store and you, and you talk to a, general manager or something that really you know knows the store knows his numbers um, catfishing products probably do a good deal of sales uh, you know as far as like lures and bass and you know, com in comparison and everything um, catfish products has always been something that has been on the upper end of of your profit margins and and in the stores the only problem really is that a lot of guys a lot of the stuff that's being sold, it, it's dip baits and sprays and stuff that generally isn't super effective and isn't really the super, you know, it's more of the uh, sitting on the bank catfishing and, you know, I mean, if we can if we can really help get some, some good products out on the market, I think people will buy them. I think it'll help bring uh, uh, the, some sponsor money to tournaments and, and, again, you know, going back again to what Heath said, you know, all this comes into spending money in your in your towns and, and when you're going on tournaments you have to drive you know like for example I know Heath lives in the uh, upper north part of Indiana he's they've you know him and his uh, uncle they have to drive probably five and a half hours through the state of Indiana to get down to Monsters on the Ohio that's stopping and getting something to eat at you know McDonald's or uh, you know a Golden Corral because we all you know me Heath and Jason and Scott we love our Golden Corral <laughs> don't don't get us don't get us together near Golden Corral. We're gonna put the place out of business. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, you know, I mean, you gotta stop and you gotta get gas and and all of this, you know, all of these tournaments. And it, you know, like I said, it's not doesn't gotta be a Monsters on the Ohio 150 boat tournament. You know, these little tournaments. You know, the ICA has tournaments all over the state. And Jason and Heath and myself, we're normally driving three hours. Uh, to just about any tournament there is on a lake, you know, it could be a channel cat tournament, but we're stopping and getting gas, you know, we're buying, you know, line or something at the store, and, and it really all it is, a, is a, a huge economic impact, I believe. Well, and if you think these people don't take these small tournaments as serious as they do these big ones, you're badly mistaken. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if you're fishing a, 
a ten man a ten boat tournament uh, uh, on the Wabash over in your area, or you're going down to fish with Aaron. If they're entered in that tournament, they're going to win it just as bad. You know, More and yeah, uh, and they they feel like they can compete or they wouldn't be there. I mean, that's just the way it is. So if if it takes ten dollars extra, or in the case of going to Owensboro, a hundred extra, they'll spend that money if they think that will make them competitive. That's just you know, that's just the way it is. Yeah, and that's I mean, we're all about you know the states and stuff. We're all about trying to figure out ways to get people to come off that dollar. Um, you know, this is. Their passions. Their passions are the ways they're going to make them come off of that dollar. And like I said, with catfishing growing the way it is, it, it's definitely, I can see it in even brand new members, just the almost immediate addiction. People that have came from crappie fishing or crappy fishing, as you guys call it. Up here we call it crappie fishing. But <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the immediate attraction of catching these big fish, you know, they catch one 15, 20-pound, you know, channel cat or flathead or blue and it's it's an immediate thrill i mean it's nothing that the, you know compared to their crappie or crappy and you know bass and things like that there's they're really absolutely just you know they're they're done that's it you know i'm i'm a cat fisherman now and that's well, not, that's not all of them but a yeah, lot. I mean, it's the same way with the guys up north you know they talk about these giant walleye weigh four or five pounds six eight and, and these muskies, oh, my God, they're 30 inches long. Well, well that's nothing. <laughs> you know, compared to a, a true trophy catfish, I mean, this, th them blues will still eat them fish. It don't make no difference, them blues. You know, so uh, a, a six, eight-pound trophy walleye is just a dinner bell uh, for a blue or a flathead. It's just, just the way it is. That, that is the, the true pet competitor uh, the true predator in in uh, fresh water is the flatheads and blues, and and they can say what they want about the rest of that stuff. If you want to catch the king of the the king fish in the in fresh water, then you're fishing for catfish. Yeah. Uh, before we go on a little bit, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the uh, angler spotlight. The guys that have been posting on our uh, Facebook page, I'll I'll say your name, um, Darren Maddox. I can't read my own handwriting, but Michael Bryant, Larry, no, Michael Bryant, that's what it is, Michael Bryant, Larry Shepard Jr., Bill Byers, uh, Joshua David Harley, thank you guys for posting on the Catfish Weekly Facebook page, we really appreciate it, um, even if it's just questions or videos or pictures, we really like the content on there, so anybody and everybody, just post something on there, if you can, you know, post a picture of... Uh, your biggest fish you caught or the smallest fish you caught, something funny. If you got a fish slapping you in the face, that's great. We love that. You know, um, just post whatever you can on there. Uh, also, we want to let everybody know again, uh, Four Monsters on the Ohio, we will be filming um, Thursday from 3 to 5 p.m. at Bass and More. So if you want to come out, say hello, get on the show, possibly get a little interview or whatever, um, Come out to Bass and More. Uh, Friday after the captain's meeting, we'll be at the Ramada inside the mi the middle area where the breakfast area is at. We'll be doing a, uh, some filming and stuff in there most likely. Uh, so that'll be, like I said, after the captain's meeting. Saturday after the tourney, um, if it's if the weather's not bad, 
I know right now they're calling for some rain and stuff. If the weather's not bad, we'll we'll, we'll try to be on the stage or around the stage area somewhere uh, doing the show. Uh, but if the weather is bad, we probably will not film. Uh, we'll just try to get somebody on the show, maybe the winners or something on the show later on or something. Um, but just want to let everybody know where we're going to be at, what times we're going to be there. Uh, we really look forward to the tournament and meeting everybody. Come up to us, say hello, let us know what you think of the show. You know, got any suggestions? You want to, you want to curse us out? Go ahead, we can handle it. You know, so. Um, well, well, there's a couple other things with that too, Chris. You know, we we've talked to a lot of these people and. and uh, about being on the show, Daryl and Jason Bassingill, and, and I'm not sure if Jeff Dodd's going to be there or not. I know it's it's crop time for him. Uh, we talked to to uh, uh, I think it's Rena and Ray Stitcher, uh, Doc Lang. Uh, my gosh, just un un unbelievable amounts of people. Russ Devore, uh, you know, old Russ. Russ is a contender every place he he goes. I mean, the man knows how to put fish in a boat. He's been very successful. He's a great guide. He's a good tournament fisher. Jason and Vicky Mathena, uh, um, Justin Wolf. I've asked and talked to all these people, and and we're going to have a bunch of people uh, if they can coordinate their schedules with with what we've got going that, that'll be on there. And and if it's not pouring down rain where we can set something up, you know, it would really be cool if we could get some of the people to place or win this tournament down there to, to get on there, but the, the way they're talking about this rain, it, it's, it may be tough for us, but if it's possible, we're going to try to get her done. Yeah. I know some of the guys in chat here recently were talking about uh, the, the Cumberland City, because I know a lot of guys that go to Cumberland City you know, just just as a general area from the catfishing community, Cumberland City probably makes a good fortune off of the catfishing community for Skipjack. Oh, that, that little uh, that little gas station there, right on the corner by the Cumberland City Power Plant. I don't know how that place isn't made out of gold right now. <laughs> they they probably make so much money. We usually call them up when we have our Skippy trips down there. We usually call the motel up and tell them we're coming and then call that restaurant up so they're prepared for the amount of numbers. Now, this is, we usually have this January 1st weekend of, of, uh, of every year. We didn't hold one last year, but the motel is just thrilled that we go down there. And that poor restaurant, even though we call them and tell them, they're never prepared. You know, they have no idea when you tell them you got 60 or 70 people going to go down there on a skipjack trip. You know, I, I'm not even sure they know they got skipjack, but they sure they sure don't stock up on the stuff because uh, I, I really I really think these guys cook them one meal at a time. If you got, yeah, you know, we've been down there and, and had 30 or 40 of us at a time eating at this restaurant, and and uh, we're all done and outside headed back for some of them ever even sees their meal. You know, they're just yeah. they're just not ready for us, and and that's got to be a major impact on a town that size. I mean, you're talking about a New Year's weekend. Yep. It's just unbelievable, and I know they got to feel it. Oh yeah, there ain't no doubt in my mind. I mean, that's not a that's not a huge town, and there's not a lot going on there. So <laughs> there's nothing going on there but skipjack. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, again, we're talking about. I guess you know, if you really wanted to 
you know, some of these places, I guess if anybody's listening and you're, you live somewhere, you know, your town and you're a mayor or whatever of a town uh, on the Missouri River, Mississippi River, and you're, you're thinking about doing it, you know, basically all you need is a decent boat ramp and place to park your, your uh, boat and trailers and, and uh, somebody running it. And, and it really isn't all that hard to get started and, and get going because if you put it together right, uh, people are going to come to it. It's growing that that fast right now, and you're going to have something, especially if you have waters with the fish in them, you're going to have something that's only going to grow if you're running it right. It's only going to grow every year. You know, I mean, it's going to do. Go ahead. One one of the things you hit on there is parking for boats and trailers. That is one of the biggest problems in having tournament. Catfish tournaments is the fact that so many of these places, when they built them, they didn't set them up for uh, 50 boats or 100 boats or 150 boats. You know, they're, they was there when they built these things and built their parking areas. They were figuring on a big day they'd have 20 or 30 uh, boats and trailers, and and then they'd have a parking place or two if somebody just wanted to walk around. But um, so many of these places are not set up and equipped to have. 50 or 100 boats at a tournament, and you, uh, when you're setting them up, you can just about, when you're starting out in a tournament, you can just about have one anywhere, but as you grow, and believe me, you will, you know, like Chris said, if you do it uh, correctly at all, uh, you'll have 10, 12 boats versus two or three tournaments, and the next thing you know, you're having 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, and, and then you got to start looking at where you're having them to make sure you have parking area, make sure you have areas for people to park that just want to come watch the weigh-ins and for uh, TV tr crews to come in because we've had TV crews at a lot of our tournaments and radio stations. Uh, some of the newspaper guys that come in, they all take up parking spaces. So as you grow, you need to keep in the back of your mind what you got to do to make that better and better and better uh, for everyone involved. Yeah, one of, one of the, if, like I said, if you're, if you're a mayor or... You know, somebody who you're, you're, you know, you never even thought of it. You might have got this link somewhere. You're watching this video later on. Um, one of the things that you can do if, if you're really interested and that you're thinking, man, this really could be a good, uh, a good idea for my town to make a little bit of money and get some people in through it. And um, one of the things you could do is, is you know, coming up, you got Monsters on the Ohio this weekend, next year. Uh, rising Sun, you know, you can you can get a hold of people like myself or Lyle or Chuck or whatever, anybody who's going to let you know what some of the big tournaments are and just, you know, take a trip out to these tournaments, um, check out how they're ran, what kind of what kind of facilities are there, how they're doing it. Um, it's going to give you almost everything you need to know, and I bet even if you talk to any of the guys running them, they're not going to keep any information from you. They're going to tell you just about everything you would need and probably give you their phone number. I mean, that's most catfish guys that I have met really are some of the best guys. They'll give you their phone number, be like, call me with any questions you have, setting it up, I'll help you out. They might even come out there and help you get it going. Um, it, it really is a good group of guys, and it really isn't that hard to get set up and started. Uh, like I said, if, if you don't have um, the uh, the boat ramp and the, and the parking space, that's something you know you might have to look at investing in uh, for the long haul, but you know, starting it off, it probably don't have to be all that big. You know, but you, you definitely, uh, you definitely would definitely bring some people in and and really get something to grow. Uh, if you have the water, you have the fish there, you have the parking, and you have it ran right. It's it's just a few things that you need. Um, 
but I he think was talking you're... about the help of these guys get started. You know, we touched on that with Aaron here a couple of weeks ago, and Aaron, I, I know, would be glad to to tell anybody anything they want to know, as, as I have done it uh, to a lot of these guys starting out these little trails. But bear in mind, when you're at a tournament of any size. There is so much stuff going on that if you just leave your number with the guy or get his and let him call you after the tournament or another day, it'll make a huge impact on him because uh, right now I talked with Aaron over the weekend and I know he's slammed with everything he's got going. And it's that way before any tournament. And if you start doing them, you'll understand uh, about a week ahead of time, uh, things start snowballing, and, and when it comes down to the, the day of the tournament, nobody has really got time to sit down with you and do that. It's not that they don't want to, because we all would be happy to help you any way we can, but please understand that, that when you're trying to do a weigh-in or take entries or check live wells, you just don't have time for all that. Yeah, and no, make, make sure, make sure uh, you check on liability insurance. That's a big thing that a lot of people don't do. Um, and a, a lot of times you might can even get a barter, you know, get with the insurance company and say, hey, I'll advertise for you all year. I'll hang banners up. Um, you just, you know, we'll just trade out uh, liability insurance for the year. Um, you know, it, that's one thing with the, uh, the bass fishing. You know, they thought outside the box. You'll see these boats with Geico on the side. You'll see... You know, the G-Man with Toyota. Toyota don't have nothing to do with bass fishing, but they haul the boats. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you start these little trails, you know, just don't think about going after the little uh, catfishing merchandise. Think about other things that can, uh, you know, benefit these other businesses that have to do with catfish. You know, people's got to have liability insurance. you got to have liability uh, in full coverage on your cars. Get with these insurance companies and all this. Try to get sponsorships from them to help you out. And, uh, you know, just think outside the box. And there's all kind of people you can get to help you out with these things. One other thing that I'll mention, too, if you're interested in starting a tournament trail of any kind, remember that any time that there's money exchanged in prizes or purchase of anything, you must have certified legal for trade scales. Uh, they're not the ones that you use for the post office or something like that, so don't get yourself in trouble. Uh, we we had not bought a permit last year at a tournament, and uh, it ended up costing us 200 buck fine uh, because we didn't get a permit. We was told we didn't need one, and when we got there, we had to have one. Make yourself aware of all your presence. Here, one other thing, uh, too, while we're, while we're on the economic uh, stint of, of tournaments, uh, I see that Brad Durick just signed on. Glad you have you on tonight, Brad. Uh, these guides in these areas where they're holding tournaments, I know several people that will go into a place down in Texas the first part of the year, or or they'll go out to, to where there's a big Cabela's or Bass Pro tournament down south or out east or something, place they haven't been, and they'll go in there and they'll hire a guide for a day or two to take them out and show them not necessarily spots they're fishing, but what they're looking for and what they're using for bait and where to find bait. So that's that's something else we hadn't even picked up on. But uh, these guys actually do pretty well before some of these bigger tournaments in certain areas. 
Yeah, he also. Now you gotta well uh, explain that permit again. You gotta buy a permit and have your scales checked, or how does that work on that legal? The certified form? scales is a legal for trade scale, and you buy them, and you have the state department. It's a department of agriculture, the weights and measures. Same people that check your uh, gas pumps uh, stuff. They come by my house once a year and check our scales, and they put a sticker on it. If you don't have a, and, and if they're not legal for trade scales, they won't even do it. But uh, if you don't have that sticker, it, it, you're not allowed to do anything, whether it be give away prize money or weigh something you're selling, uh, without having scales like that. And they must be checked annually. Uh, what was the other thing you asked? That that was it. I just didn't know, uh, you know, if how you got it certified and everything. I understand now because they they do like you know we have people come by and calibrate ours and put new stickers on them at work. So you just have to do about the same thing. Yeah, basically the same. And like I say, anytime money's exchanging hands, you have to have that done. It's uh, uh, it's just another expensive part of having it. And that's why people don't understand. Well, whoa, 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 I want you to have 100 percent. Well, you can't have 100 percent payouts. If you do, you're paying out five or six hundred dollars every time you have a tournament out of your hip pocket. Nobody can stand it, but so long. I mean, that's that's why that's like that. You, you just you there's so much expense and and hidden expense in having tournaments that people do not see and or understand or most of the time they don't even care. Uh, they just want you to, to to pay out the most you can and have a good turnout and run it correctly, and then that's all you can ask of anybody. Yeah, because, you know, the way I always thought about it, you know, if the scales are off a little bit, no big deal because everybody's using the same scale. Yeah. That's exactly right. Same for everybody, but that doesn't make it legal. Right. Okay, I understand that. I didn't know. I didn't know. That's that's something you, everybody needs to know right there. And also, uh, Brad was saying that he thinks promoting the community and what it has to offer is really the, the way you need to go about it for day-to-day for -day use. And, and like Monsters on the Ohio does, it's a, it's a good example of what he's saying here. Um, some of the, the restaurants, they, they say that, you know, if you keep your receipt from eating at our restaurant the night before or whatever, any time of the week before Monsters, um, if, you, uh, if you catch big fish there and you have a receipt from this restaurant that you ate there, they're going to give you another 500 bucks. Um, that's the way... That's a way that what's that? They had that at Monsters last year. Yeah, that's the way that the community that you know the the tournament can help back the community and the community can help back the tournament. Uh, they sort of will go hand in hand with helping each other. Uh, and and if you're a uh, tournament director, you or you know a mayor or anybody who's wanting to do this, you know that's how you can really make it bigger is because of the social media and everything that, that you know the way we have it right now, uh, things can spread like wildfire. Um, Bass and Moore, you know, they gave away a free uh, $200 entry for anybody who spent more than $20 uh, the past, I think, the past month or two months or something like that. Um, so, you know, the guys who, you know, have a, a business, a small business in these local communities, you also got to, you know, get it, get into uh, into the, the the tournament as well. You know, talk to the director, say, hey, you know, I'm willing to do this for you and, and just throw me on your banner or advertise for me and let them know that this is going on. Um, that's going to bring, you know, it's going to bring guys in to do that, you know, get you in for that as well. Um, you know, he was also saying that, that his guide service has an economic impact of about $500,000 per year for his 
local area. That's not what he makes. That's what he says that that he his business as a guide service in his area is bringing into that local economy, and you know that's in gas and food and hotels and entertainment and and all that stuff. But yeah, it does definitely help to to have your the local things, the attractions, the things that are going to help uh, keep people entertained or keep people fed or or anything that that could be uh, you know used while they're down there or done while they're down there. Have it all available to them. Let them know. You know, have that information uh, readily and easily seen. You know, and work something out with them if you have to. To where, you know, there, you know, people are getting something out of it. You know, most of the time, you know, that five hundred dollars that they're giving away, you know, they're going to have, they're going to be jam packed like like uh, uh, Lyle was talking about that little tiny restaurant down in in Cumberland City. You know, they make they make a good amount of profit off of the number of guys that come in off a couple of days, and that's something that you know. It's it's almost like a Christmas bonus, you know. I mean, it's not something they have to get every year or anything. But if that's there, you know, that's just that's extra money coming in for that small business, and that's going to help them out and keep them running and keep them in, you know, keep them uh, a couple people employed or something like that. So that's definitely all uh, all uh, good good uh, information there, Brad. Appreciate you helping us out and letting us know what you're saying there. You did start off by saying. Uh, that your local tournaments weren't necessarily bringing in the uh, the impact that you wanted to, um, I, you know. I think that your idea is what you said, and 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 possibly the uh, um, you know the promotion of the tournament that you know that all those things would probably help that, uh, you know, and and maybe the sport itself in your area just hasn't grown. To the point it is in some other areas, but I definitely would would guess that it's on the rise, and that you'll probably start seeing more and more in the future. So I definitely they have, think an, out, they have an outstanding tournament up there his way, and I know Brad doesn't really fish tournaments, uh, and that's all fine and dandy. But that catch incredible tournament. If you like to fish for channel cats, catch a lot of fish, a lot of big channel cats. That is, it's one and and. and we're talking about the Red River, and most people don't understand the Red River is really small, and you get 130, 40, 50 boats taken off uh, across the, across that thing, and uh, it, it's uh, it's like taking off uh, in a dirt track race or something. Uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. And and we're talking when we're saying big channels, we're talking 25, 30 pound channel cats. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're not we're not talking in in my neck of the woods. Big channel cats, twelve pounds, fifteen pounds. <laughs> so I and I could only imagine. I mean, because really, channel cats, especially river channel cats, they have just the most fight in them. I could only imagine a twenty-five to thirty-pound channel cat well, from the river. You know, the people that, that that don't understand what a twenty or twenty-five pound. Uh, channel cat would do, especially in river current, like the Red River has current. It's not just a dormant uh, a pool of water. If you don't think that they're pound for pound the, the, the best fighting catfish there is, give Brad Durick a call at Brad Durick Outdoors and let him take you on a trip and put you on some of them giants and you'll come back with a whole different outlook on channel cats. <laughs> And then after you do that, call up Gary Turner with Gone Fishing Adventure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take him down there and tell him to put you on some big blues and, and flatheads. Yep. But uh, 
Uh, you guys got anything else for the topic of the night? I didn't know that, that Gary was a flatheader. I thought all he done was fish for blues. My oh, no, I like picking up the flatheads. I, I didn't realize that you – are you guiding for flatheads too then? I must yeah. have missed something here. Yeah, we'll pick up flatheads too. Oh, baby. Yeah, yeah we, like, we like dragging them out of the woods. Yeah, they're, they're the king of cats. I'd love to catch them more than anything in the world. So you're going to do some all-nighters next year on flatheads? Oh, yeah. We did a bunch of all-nighters this year and all day the next day, too. <laughs> we, we, we took one trip. We stayed out 34 hours. The same guys? You took different people out? No, that was the same guys. Me and a couple of my buddies just went out and stayed out and stayed out and stayed out. We had a, we had a big cooler full of food and drinks. We just stayed on the boat. <laughs> That sounds right. about like some crap I pull. <laughs> well, if we don't got anything else on the topic, we can go ahead and do our, our uh, closing statements. I'll, I'll go ahead and let Gary uh, start us off. If you just want to thank if you got any sponsors or anything else you want to say, uh, um, you can start us off there, Gary. Well, I appreciate Dave at Bottom Dwellers and uh, Lyle at Black Horse Custom Rods and uh, Columbia and... Uh, Hydroglow lights. I don't know how many of y'all are using the Hydroglows up there, but down here we love using those things for the bait attractors. And then we catch the fish off of them. It uh, brings in the bait sometimes when you need it. You put those lights down and glow them up. And uh, <clears throat> appreciate everybody on the show tonight. Thanks for letting me be on. Not a problem. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you. All right, Chuck. Uh, I don't have anything right now. Um, go ahead, Chris or Lyle. Uh, just want to make sure everybody remembers that uh, October 25th to 26th, Twitsy Cat Outdoors. You have our, our last tournament of the year, Kiokuk, Iowa, two-day event. Uh, $200 entry fee. Come up and join us. Be a great time. Fish should be biting really good. Uh, looking forward to seeing everybody this week down at uh, Owensboro, Kentucky. Aaron's been working really hard to make this a great tournament. I know it will be. It always is. Uh, if we got some bad weather, we'll all just deal with it. It's not, you know, it's not nothing that none of us have ever seen or not seen before. So uh, we'll go in and we'll have a good time regardless and stop by. We're uh, at Bass and Moore and see us down there at the Ramada. Uh, I want to thank the guys at Bassamore again for letting us uh, have a spot in there to do the show Thursday. I talked to him, to Jim yesterday on the phone, and uh, outstanding guy. He is really putting some stuff together for, for Aaron in this tournament, and uh, a great sponsor. He'll have all your bait and stuff that you don't have and hooks and whatever else you need locally there. So uh, uh, stop in and tell him, hey, and, and I did ask him also, about license because all of us out of staters will have to get licensed and he has everything ready to go to take care of everything we need. All right. All right. Uh, again, I'll, I'll thank Gary for coming on and, and for doing the giveaway that he's he's generously gave us to do for um, the next two months. By the way, I didn't let everybody know that'll be going on for two months. Uh, the, for the, all of October and all of November, you're going to have quite a bit of time uh, to get over there and like that that Facebook page of his and that picture and comment on it uh, for such a big prize we definitely wanted to give
people more of an opportunity to, to get on there and, and be entered for it. So again, thank you, Gary, for that. That's mighty gracious of you. Uh, I really uh, I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. And I know well, I'm that, looking forward to taking somebody fishing. I know that whoever goes with you is going to have a good time. So yeah. I, I, I can almost guarantee that. Um, again, we do have uh, advertising available on the website, catfishweekly.com. You'll see uh, three or four. I think there's four for there's four for sure, but one's not up yet. I'm still waiting on that graphic, but uh, we have more advertising spots available. You can see the price uh, uh, the prices that it that would be there on the website. Um, also, uh, you know, like Lyle said, we can't we hope to see on on. Uh, Monsters on the Ohio, come up, say, you know, say something to us, say hello. Um, got any com uh, comments or questions or anything like that? Uh, feel free to ask us. Um, I believe the next tournament for ICA is going to be a like a, a week or two after. I can tell you, I didn't have that ready. I apologize. Uh, the twenty fifth, yeah, the twenty fifth. Uh, the final points tournament for the ICA, that'll be in Tell City. Um, then the 26th is the Classic. Um, you do have to to fish the Classic. You had to have fished six of the eight points tournaments, uh, but you, anybody can fish the uh, final points tournament. You do have to be a member, though. Uh, $25 membership fee, $60 entry fee. Uh, they're both going to be out of the same ramp in Tell City. Um, Scott told me his graphic is done, so it should be up sometime soon. Um, so... Again, everybody, thanks for uh, watching. Keep watching the show. Post on the Facebook page. We really appreciate it. And until next time, and especially at Monsters on the Ohio, stay out of my spot. <laughs>